WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Good evening, friends, and welcome to the five. 500th official broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul, and that's how we first opened the show. It was Hello, friends. And I'm Ben Eno, and thank you for all the uh, listener suggestions and uh, for themes of this show. And it has been an interesting five and a half years, uh, so you, uh, so most of you probably suggested a review of what you believe were the best shows of ours, if you listened to its entirety. So if you haven't, well, you get to hear something a little new. And uh, you're certainly welcome to call in and comment, and the number is 248-545-7685. You'd be surprised who's listened to all those podcasts. I hear from people all the time who are working their way through. <coughs> I feel like it's just sort of uh, watching history unfold, if you will. Well, like, not even, not history. Degree, not history. I couldn't think of a good uh, well, synonym, history. a good synonym for it. Some people have commented that they sort of have watched you grow up on this show. I guess, yeah. You were, fi- you were still 15 when we started talking about going on the air, and I've been contacted by people who enjoyed listening to me as a radio guest saying, why don't you have your own show? Well, you know, how do you do that? So, <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you have a radio show? Yeah, just, you know, just like that. But uh, you remember Sherry Devereaux, uh, the oh, yes. psychic EMT from oh. Phoenix, Arizona. How could I forget? Her published her first book, and uh, she happened to rep an internet station out of Phoenix, and we started there with uh, a show, uh, show number one, on June 1st, 2008. Wait, didn't we change the numbering? I thought I thought those yes, didn't, I thought those yes. didn't count at first. If you look for our pod, no, they all count. If you look for our podcast page, it has the um, a series of numbers that first started with one and then went on and, and then when we started on a second station it was it, it started re- renumbering with one and that, but that got too confusing so yeah that is yeah that is very confusing them. people have asked why we number the shows at all but I, actually it's been something told me to do that it's been very convenient all along because if, uh, for example someone wrote in the other day how come you didn't um, I'll do something about uh, the Marian apparitions, apparitions of the Virgin Mary. So, well, I'll just go back to two. We did. <laughs> number, number 234, and we had uh, Kevin Cook on the show uh, who had written a book about that, and that, there's your answer. So we could always do more, but that was an immediate uh, gratification for this person who wanted that subject. Right. <clears throat> so, And there's still more to go. I remember uh, you saying distinctly, oh, we're probably going to run out of topics. 500 shows later. We would. 500 shows later, we're just getting started. I mean, there's always something interesting to talk about. Oh, yes. Um, So anyway, uh, so many of the shows just have, um, a lot of shows in in general just have sort of unscripted banter. I mean, people get on their co-hosts, two or three, sometimes more co-hosts, and, you know, they joke around. I don't see what's the value in that. So we have scripted every single show. We wanted this show to be valuable. And, you know, some shows are better than others. However, we believe we've done that. Um, there's a lot of thought and work go into every single show we do. I always pictured it sort of like a little uh, guideline, and we didn't stray too far from the guideline. Well, that's <laughs> it. You know, we, we have uh, some structure, but uh, some, but some structure as well, and especially in just an hour. Now, we've also faced two problems that most show hosts in this field don't have. Uh, one, we were introducing what, for most people, was an entirely new approach to the paranormal, right? 
And between the two of us, we had, at the time, 45 years of experience in the field, uh, far more than most available guests. And uh, I, I, I don't say that out of any sort of conceit. I'm too old for that, but it, it's just a fact. I mean, there are very few people out there. I'm thinking of Stan Friedman, mm. Stan T. Friedman, but, but that's in the UFO field. There are very few people, with the exception perhaps of Lorraine Warren, and uh, one or two others I can think of who have over 43, 44, 5, 45 years of experience. In Lorraine's case, it's more than 50 years. Right. But other than that, it's just, you know, we have more experience than most of our guests. It's just a, just a fact. So I, I've been criticized even by you for lecturing the guests. Yeah. As a matter of yeah. fact, we, we have an open line show tomorrow night. I'll deal with this. But somebody wrote in, you know, very, very kindly saying they, they like the show, but I should stop giving my resume. And, you know, that, that, that's a good point. I, I'm going to try, pay more attention. And I don't give it because I'm boasting. I give it because, uh, first of all, most, a lot of our guests don't know us. Yeah, and don't know. The, yeah, that's a, that's what I was going to bring up because sometimes I think that, and I'm just like, well, I mean, these people don't know you. It's not like they've yeah. listened to the show before. I mean, most people that come well, some up, some of them some do. of the, some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah, but then yeah, and we propose again. That's the second, the first problem. The the new idea, the new approach to the to the paranormal. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit uh, tomorrow night when we answer the the question. Um, what people were most interested in hearing about. Are things we were interested in, in finding out, you know, and as, as, you, as you say, would we run out of things to talk about? But people were always sending in ideas really from day one. Uh, so we went on the air out of Phoenix on September, the, I should say, on Sunday, June the 1st, 2008. The show was meant to introduce our ideas. We called it simply, What is the Paranormal? Now, unfortunately, you missed the very first show. You had the flu. Yeah. Not a very auspicious beginning. Yeah. Uh, but then again, but still, the show introduced people to concepts like the multiverse, uh, building your own afterlife, the non-existence of. It wasn't death. so like, from what I recall, it wasn't so um, bang you over the head. I can't think of a good term that's not heavy. It wasn't so like geared towards the multiverse that like it hit people over the head like. No, it was, we, it was more subtle about it. The idea as a yeah. possibility for people's consideration. I think we still do that. Indeed, I mean, we do. We're the first ones to, to say maybe we're wrong. You can do things wrong for all these years. Indeed, you can. Uh, so, again, uh, I mean, this the non-existence of death even for the body, that was new to most people. Getting to know your own ancestors. And not through Ouija board or seances either. Uh, people seem to like, you know, Ben, the, the ladder analogy. And we've used that in one or two shows. Every time we've, we've come on a new station, we've kind of relied on that script and introduced some of the same ideas in the same way. Why not? Uh, yeah, the say, yeah, I actually don't even remember it. But. Okay, well, that, most people, quote, climb the ladder of paranormal knowledge, if you if I can put it that way, by picking their way along the rungs of the ladder. You remember when, when we were kids, at least boys anyway, uh, there'd be a ladder lying on the ground maybe, or maybe at our old place I left it on the ground and, and you kind of walk along the rungs as it, See if you could balance on the thing, or I did that anyway. I probably did that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you did that. That wasn't wasn't exciting enough. No, I like cl- I like tree. climbing trees instead. So oh, I guess that probably. that's my version of the you ladder. Gray hair in my beard, as you're. <laughs> so in any case, that that was an analogy I used, but, and, and most people climb this ladder by by walking out of the, along the ground. It doesn't seem to occur to most of them to rise the ladder. Rash to raise the ladder. Uh, to the side of a tree or building, and when you go up, you can get an entirely different perspective and see much more. So th- th- that's the analogy we used in that show. And I remember you couldn't stand our first... I hated it. 
theme song. Hated it. You know? I, I really didn't even... I just thought it was just so... I don't know. It was like you were going into a cafe, <laughs> but a very obnoxious and snobby cafe where Who Bach was... There's a Bach cantata for Pete's sake. Who says Bach isn't snobby? Well, yeah. sorry. I studied Baroque organ for a long time. Well, then... Uh, you yourself are an appreciator of music. And I am, but I just... I didn't things. like that cantata. I just well, didn't like it. Case, I just... Yeah. I thought it was goofy, and it was just like... Who's ready for behind the paranormal? Like that kind of well, thing. It well, was just no, not it, really... the idea was, and, and the producer down there was a little taken aback too. But I thought it was good because our general view of the paranormal is a is is a positive one. I think there's far more positive in the paranormal, far more love and good things than there is, you know, death and scary stuff and all that business. And that that was the reason I chose that. Well, the point uh, is, it's it's no longer our theme song now, which is good. no, 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 no. We we uh, moved on from there when we. Went to the Boston Providence Station and, and uh, picked a different one. Anyway, uh, the uh, second show that we did, this is one of your favorite ones too, was was a was on reincarnation. And our very first guest was Dr. Susan B. Martinez uh, about her new book on reincarnation, the reincarnation myth. Uh, that show also saw our very first technical glitch. Two minutes where the producer had to fill in. With that detestable cantata. Right? Yeah. And do you remember why that occurred or why we suspected that it might have occurred? It was quite intriguing. No. Okay. I, I really – I barely even remember that. <clears throat> no, it's, uh, I, I find it encouraging when I have a better memory than you do at my age. Yeah. Well, I have a lot on my mind. We had uh, finished that. It was the first show you were on. Right. For your first – I believe it was your first time on any sort of broadcast. Right. And you came um, flying down the stairs not too long after. You said, Dad, there are UFOs over – well, I guess it was South Main Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, right? That was a different day. Was it a different day? Yes, okay. it was. That was a different day. All right, but there was interference on that day too. I thought. Well, there was over the at the place where the uh, on the street where the UFOs were supposedly seen. That was a different day. And we went and looked out our skylight. No, no, that was later. That was, was much later. That okay. was later. Yeah. Right, so maybe your memory is better than mine. That was later in the summer. Yeah. Right, well, anyway, we had a lot of strange things that occurred in the beginning uh, there. So, but anyway, they had to use the. That cantata that you like so much. Uh, also, in our first season, we had our first famous guest, including X. We called uh, this person X, a well-known figure in the New York City art community who had been the 25-year victim of a parasite, as we call it, uh, or a demon, as it is in folklore. Uh, but that fall, uh, we had welcomed the UFO great uh, Stan T. Friedman and award-winning science journalist Linda Moulton Howe for the first time. So they were to become friends as well as frequent guests over the years. And we also had our first overseas guest, Shane Eno, no relation, strangely enough, head of the Paranormal Institute of Denmark. Mm. So we had some interesting guests that first season. And uh, <clears throat> particularly, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the, the number of subjects we covered was quite extensive. What do you remember about that first season? I know you weren't here a lot because you had a... A, a I, job outside. Yeah, because I, I just started my my job outside it, so I do... I, I wasn't there for a large portion of the season. Well, people used to complain about that. And, and I'd say, well, you know, we your mom and I insisted that you before you become <laughs> this big radio star, you have a real radio job, star. you know, and, and you worked in a kitchen at a nursing home yeah, it was up awful. the hill from here, which... It was awful. It was awful. Well, but you did it for a year. You did it, you did it well. You did it well. It right. was a year and uh, two months. <laughs> all right, a year and two months. Uh, yeah, was like, right. And how many how many days and hours? I don't even remember. <laughs> so, I don't want to remember. Uh, no, you did it. You did it. You made the step, and then you uh, you, you did you did the difficult 
And there you go. So um, anyway, okay, so we're uh, ready for a break now. You're listening to the 500th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, going through uh, some of our old shows and guests. And uh, there we have it. So please stay with us. And we'll be right back. Get a jump start on your week ahead with Zoe Moon Astrology, astrologer to the stars. Zoe Moon's understanding of personal energy patterns is uncanny. Stop by her free weekly blog site at zoemoonastrology.blogspot.com to read what the stars have in store for you and see what all of Hollywood is buzzing about. That's zoemoonastrology.blogspot.com. And listen to Zoe live on the sky every thursday night at eight o'clock where she'll take your questions and give you the weekend forecast for all the signs a reading with zoe moon shows you where the lucky doors are opening where the obstacles are waiting and how to focus your path based on your personal energy it's an in-depth comprehensive look at how you tick arming you with indispensable knowledge to make informed choices zoe moon is available for private astrology readings by request and right here on the sky Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com and Psychic Radio, PsychicOnAir.com. Powered by CBS Radio, AOL and Yahoo is unlike any talk radio station. With a mission to improve the world one listener at a time. This is where you can be the star of your own show. Our listeners are truly unique, truly interactive, and passionate about their world. The Sky and Psychic Radio listeners genuinely care about the environment, social justice, their personal health, and raising people up to live their best life every day. Our motto is New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Age Views, Life Coaching, Psychic Analysis, Alternative Medicine, and Cutting Edge Mind, Body, and Spirit shows can all be found on the Sky and Psychic Radio. Perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family, an open mind, a great idea, and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. Discover your spirit. Spirit Guide Radio, the sky's newest network, is seeking spiritual guides who can help our listeners discover their spirit as a radio show host. If you are a professional spiritual teacher or metaphysician that can inspire and empower our listeners' spirit to fly high, Spirit Guide Radio Network wants to hear from you. Call Laura at 309-888-4589. We'd like to hear from experts who can spiritually guide our audience to live life fully, one caller at a time. We seek professionals in the field of tarot, numerology, feng shui, animal communication, exorcism, color therapy, medical intuition, positive witchcraft, neuropathic medicine, herbology, aromatherapy, shamanism, voodoo, reiki, or energy healing, channeling, ghost hunting, the sky's the limit. Spirit Guide Radio Network would like to hear your proposal for developing Developing a radio show starring you. Call Laura at 309-888-4589. Spirit Guide Radio Network is also seeking guest experts to interview on our current shows on air. Call Laura, 309-888-4589 today. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Welcome back to the 500th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And we are going through our uh, little, little history of Behind the Paranormal and what we've done over the last... Jeez, five and a half years. <laughs> yep, time flies. You're having fun. Uh, I remember that first season too, Ben. And again, as you say, a lot of you weren't here a lot because you had an outside job. Yeah. 
we had a dubious flirtation, if you remember, with Psychic Knight. Oh, I do remember those. And uh, th- that's, that's all too common on the internet, but not uh, with us. I remember those. Uh, there were two reasons for this, and, and I really wrestled with it, and I, I don't know. I, I'm almost sorry we did this kind of embarrassing. But nevertheless, it was interesting. I forgot about those. I think maybe I blocked them out of my mind. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned them. Yeah. Uh, it was one was experimental. It was very interesting to apply multiverse ideas to trying to be psychic. Okay, what most people believed was happening when the psychic is in action was just picking up information from other minds by being ultra sensitive. But I believe that something far more profound is happening. And so, as the so-called psychic, uh, I was actually trying to put myself where I literally was that person at some other point in the multiverse, an alternate alternate but very real world in which I actually was that person. Right. And it worked all too well. Uh, but the second reason was that we did those shows, and we only did two of them, was that we had a book publicist at the time who was an absolute wonderful person. I still work with her under uh, publishing projects and other, other ways. Very, very dear friend. But she was determined to make me a psychic. She had represented John Edward. Um, Again, it's uh, you know I, I just wasn't comfortable with that. I couldn't deal with it. it was it was too intimate. I, I would have people's memories. Uh, That's in, terrifying. Every their fears. It was awful. It was far too intimate. I couldn't do it. So we only did two of those. I think one you were on and one you were not on. I remember the one I was on. I barely remember what what we even did because you, you pitched in too. Well, yeah, people would go, we had a lot of callers. What we usually have. Yeah, and I was just like. Yeah, I just remember it being very odd, and I don't really, I don't really want to remember it. I no, think no, I, no, I, I think I blocked it. Out. I think I blocked it out so that I wouldn't, I wouldn't remember it. But there are always parts of history one doesn't care to remember, right? Yeah, history. but it did happen. So, it did, it did. well, twenty oh nine, our second year on the year was a big year. Yeah, in February yeah. we got our first over the air slot, joining the lineup at WOON twelve forty in Northern Rhode Island in the Boston Providence Corridor, where we still are on Mondays. Uh, first slot was Saturday mornings, which is, uh, perhaps you'd agree, the worst possible time for radio. Yeah, we were on after a doo-wop show. No, we were on after a sports show, and then after us was a doo-wop show. Good heavens. Yeah. But our ratings, uh, I guess, impressed the station manager, and we moved to a much better drive time slot on Monday, where we still are. And uh, so people in Boston area have a choice between... I don't know what a couple of bosses. Well, it's interesting because there. we're in the middle of we're in the middle market between Boston and Providence, so <laughs> it's like we get a little bit of both markets, yeah. which is interesting. Well, we're on one of the Boston stations right now in the HD slots. So. Yeah. Uh, so one of our most popular shows that year was number fifty-four with Doctor Fred Allen. Ah, Hill. yes, Doctor Quantum. Yep, Doctor Quantum, great physicist, uh, written many books, and certainly it impressed me. I can't imagine how old he must be to have impressed me when I was young. Yeah, I missed him the first time, but we had him on the second time, I think. We had a great time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I missed him the first time I had work. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it was exams. That's oh, okay. right. It was, final. yeah. it was finals. That would, that, would, yep. that would do it. That's why. But much to our own amazement, Dr. Wolf was, uh, I'd say, what, 90% in agreement with our ideas mm. about the multiverse as an explanation of and main path into the paranormal. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, he says, I'm with you. You know, we, we had a couple of... Now a couple of points he made that might have been a little different, but as a rule, we were we were um, very pleased with that with that conversation. Indeed, in the fall of '09, we were shocked to hear from CBS Radio and our beloved The Sky team out of Detroit with an invitation to join their merry band. 
We did so, and our first show on this network aired on November 1st, 2009. Our theme was The Paranormal and the Brain, and our guest was the distinguished researcher, Dr. Michael Persinger. That's right, the God Helmet. (laughs) The God Helmet. That show really uh, changed. That's one of the shows that really really sticks out in my mind yeah, well, we got a big that I really recall. Yeah. God helmet, I guess. Yeah, I just remember the big thing about that being um, the conver- when during the conversation we had, you asked the question, well, does that make it any less real? Yeah. If it's all if it's all electromagnetic pulses in the head, and he was like, "Well, uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't make it any less real." He's like, "We, yeah, we can we can map remember. out, yeah, we can map out where it happens in the brain, but it's we were like surprised." Yeah, I know that was the big thing well, about that. He admitted that. that these things go beyond the brain, and I didn't think he would. We were ready to blow them out of the water. We had a you know, instead we had a wonderful conversation. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, about um, some open minded stuff, and uh, we try to be open minded, and, and so is he, and we were very impressed with that. You know, people who are um, considered great intellectually are always open-minded. Mm, you know, yeah. They're prepared for better information. So in this period, uh, we fell into our pattern of doing occasional open line shows. They're, they're, they were essentially, because we were getting so much email by this time that this this was a pretty, essentially, these are shows in which we're, we're still trying to catch up five years yeah, later. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow night we're going to read emails that we haven't read from 2010 and 2011. Yeah. Was, like, oh, yeah I, I read an email a few weeks ago that was from 2009. Yeah. Yeah, stuff we never got to. Uh, so in this period, again, we, we started the open line shows uh, and, and other shows with special themes that we handled ourselves. I know we did uh, some on the extreme paranormal. We still we still do those. We you know the, the 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 craziest stuff we can find that is you know is is um, not confirmed, but at least you know halfway witnessed by one or more people, usually more. And yeah, uh, my favorite one of all time had to be the Bigfoot. With the uh, ball cap and the lunchbox <laughs> in North Carolina, that was uh, that was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I like and we that get one. into, of course, my own cases and our own cases, uh, exorcisms that I was involved, poltergeist, etc. All those fun things. Yeah, and uh, we even did special themed shows, which we still do now. None on uh, the paranormal origins of the holidays, uh, particularly certainly Halloween is obvious, but also yeah, we haven't Christmas done those in a long time. I feel like there's only so much you can do on it. Well, there is. You don't want to be too repetitive. Yeah. Except with my resume, according to this guy. <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to be uh, aware of that and avoid it. Uh, we also started be bringing on show reporters or correspondents from different parts of the world. The very first uh, UFO, one uh, that I remember, of course, whom, whom I remember, UFO expert and author Kyle Dayton from Phoenix, Arizona, who was a witness to the famous Phoenix Lights and has written. Uh, written extensively about that, including a book uh, that's really quite good. And Kyle, of course, is a good friend. And we uh, we have now maybe about 12 reporters in different places. We don't often get time to get to their reports, but they are there. Yeah, that's it. Well, we have to kind of – some are more active than others. We have to kind of uh, tell them when the – Open line shows are coming up, and then they'll, they can they can call in. Right. Uh, certainly, Donna from Connecticut, and and some others. Oh, and especially uh, Albert Rosales. Oh yes, Florida. he's our special correspondent on special things. He's an expert on uh, humanoids. humanoids. Yes, you know, has tremendous collection of these sort of the Ted Phillips of humanoids. There's a huge archive of just humanoid cases. It's ever growing. That's it. And Lon Strickler of, of uh, phantomsandmonsters.com, who is not officially a reporter, but he feeds us a lot of information. He does indeed. Really, especially some of the extreme paranormal stuff. Mm. Right. So, uh, so the um, uh, UFO field 
started coming up, and it was we, I always liked to have UFO shows. I still do because that's not that has not traditionally been my field. And I well, learned, I remember when well, I remember when we first started out, we we tried to stay away from it, or like we would give it a little bit of yeah, show, but yeah. we tried to stick to what was our. Um, area of expertise which was ghosts and other metaphysical things like that mm. and i real i noticed over the last like few years or so we started doing more and more shows on ufos well that's because we started running into them <laughs> in cases yeah because you know initially in the early years not to give my resume again but I, I would take the normal approach to cases and look in one house and then it dawned on me in 75 1975 when there was a case that did that obviously a poltergeist case that affected a whole neighborhood in Connecticut, Bristol, Connecticut, that, uh, you know, something more is going on here, and then et cetera, et cetera. Well, so, I mean, there was also, it also sort of, our show sort of documents our progress through the years in our well, theories. You're always, hopefully, always growing, always learning. You know, you know, a lot of, sometimes the guests come on, and I think of people, I, some people I've worked with in the past who have not been on the show even, who are still saying the same things they said, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm. You know, and, you know, that's okay, but to me, you should learn and grow, and maybe, even if you do have the same ideas, maybe they should be expressed in different ways in order to accommodate the progress of, the, of consciousness that like, one likes to think has occurred at some point here. So. Yes, indeed. Uh, but that, that's us, I don't know. So anyways, 2009 ended, we started planning with this UFO thing in mind, what turned out to be one of the most exciting projects that I've ever tackled, and that is uh, the Return to Rendlesham radio series. This referred to the landmark UFO incidents at Rendlesham Forest in eastern England and the two adjacent air bases in 1980, the 30th anniversary of which was being marked in 2010. So we put in months of preparation, rounding up the top UFO experts and the major eyewitnesses to this case to do a number of panel shows. Now, that's something that's fraught with peril in a radio format, panel shows, right? Yes. You can't see them. Well, yeah. Nobody can see each other. That's the problem. I look now, I wonder if we shouldn't have done a video, video with Skype or something. But oh, that would have been very hard. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. But in any case, uh, now, we could never have done that in our usual hours, so we teamed up with Tom and Dave Jones of CAPS, uh, or the Kentucky Area, Area Paranormal Society, who at that time had a two-hour show just after hours on this on this station. Uh, we planned uh, this network. We planned a series of three-hour shows on Sunday, three-hour, three-hour shows on Sunday nights, beginning in April 2010. Guests included U.S. Air Force witness, uh, eyewitness Char Colonel Charles Halt, who was the deputy commander of the base. Uh, Steve, Plume, Steve LaPlume, uh, John Burroughs, Larry Warren, and UFO experts Peter Robbins, Bill Burns, and Nick Pope. Uh, Well-known names to anybody in that field. The show, uh, if we say so ourselves, achieved a number of firsts. Uh, Nick Pope, formerly of the British uh, Ministry of Defense, issued an apology on behalf of the British government. For, that was the first time that was ever done uh, for the way the witnesses were treated after the case. And uh, this was a very contentious case. There were allegations that the government or someone messed with the witnesses, quote-unquote, and turned them, in, turned them against each other or changed their memories. So this show was the first time some of them had ever appeared together, especially Colonel Halt and Larry Warren. Uh, Halt finally admitted that Warren had been there. There had been some contention about that over the years. So we uh, like to think we contributed something to the uh, progress of an investigation in that case. Uh, these were the first shows in which there was also some major outside interference. I'll never forget that. 
Now, over the six hours on CBS that April and June, there were weird background noises, laughing, and the witnesses kept being dropped. After two shows, we had to move the rest of the series back to Internet only, where we had less trouble. The CBS engineer had had never figured out what was going on, or at least they never told us. And uh, our previous producer here uh, had said, was still talking about it, you know, a year or two. Yeah, ago. there were a lot of weird things that happened. Yeah, it could have been this, could have been that. But, you know, you don't know. But th- this interference on these UFOs, it's on some shows and not others. The whole UFO thing seems to attract. You talk about ghosts, nobody seems to care. But the UFO thing, the interference was almost too obvious to me. Yeah. And has been ever since, even on our other station, you know. And it's just, I don't know, it's like someone's trying to draw attention or or whatever. But it could be other things, but, but who knows? You never really know about these things. Uh, probably uh, coming to another break here. However, probably the most um, popular regular show, Ben, we did in 2010, if you remember, was... Show number 101, that was Suicide, The Paranormal Implications, which was essentially about teen suicide. Now, we received a number of letters from people, many of them young, uh, saying that if our multiverse theories were right, why not just snuff yourself and pop up in a better consciousness somewhere, right? But, and we said, boy, we better address this. There's a lot of danger in this. And uh, that's not really at all how it works. And so this show was was about that. But we'll be right back. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We are continuing with our 500th edition, uh, reminiscing and going back over all the interesting stuff that has happened in the past five and a half years. So stick with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on our 500th show where we're uh, sort of sitting here uh, reminiscing as if we're by a uh, campfire and talking about the good old days and the day and the good days to come. Good days to come. That's right. You know, another. Uh, did you want to keep talking about the the suicide thing? Well, I just wanted to mention that show number one hundred and one. Uh, we did that on a Saturday morning when usually nobody's listening, and we, we got calls and, and emails. And it's it's one of the most downloaded podcasts from the Behind the Paranormal website. I don't know how many there were tens of thousands over the years of mm. downcasts. Downcast podcast <laughs> downloads of podcasts of that show, and I I, I don't know I mean it, it, I don't know something we said touched a nerve. The I remember wh- one woman had been I guess the, the, she her daughter her teenage daughter had had the radio on at home and was listening, and the woman the mother was in the car coming back from the store with the same with the, the radio and the car playing, and they both heard it. And as she said that as she describes it, she, she walked into the house. The daughter and she both had tears in their eyes because they had been having all kinds of fights and the daughter had been threatening suicide. Mm. And they ran into each other's arms and I don't know if they lived happily ever after, but as far as I know, hopefully it did some good. So you like to think once in a while you say things even if you don't mean to. That well, we always mean to do good, but well, everything we do affects everybody else Absolutely. around us. That's that's Ubuntu. That's that's the multi. Indeed, so, it is. So uh, that that's the kind of stuff we heard, and, and uh, I think also around this time. It was when we first had on Karen Anderson. I think, oh, yes, the animal communicator. The animal communicator. Yes, around this time, I, I do recall uh, her being her making her first appearance on our show. Well, she's still a good friend. We had she her, her a only friend. a month or two ago. Mm. And, you know, it's not the kind of thing we usually get into, but the idea of communicating with animals. And Karen is a psychic. And an animal psychic, and it does humans too, I guess. She's just entertaining. She's entertaining, and we know her pretty well. I, I feel more comfortable with people in that field whom I happen to know, and I know they're not charlatans. And, you know, I don't know, they have the same interpretation we do about how they do what they do. Right. But it was it was good. Uh, and, and we It also, was just a lot of fun having her on. Yeah, that's it. And uh, she's uh, the author of Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator. And it's just uh, just a lovely, lovely person. Lives in Washington State. Never met personally, but she. I remember there was this this cat who's he's right here with us in the booth right now. And then there was his friend next door, who looks kind of like him, only he's bigger and a lot goofier. Yeah, yeah. And she she interpreted them. Never seen them uh, perfectly. It was really amazing. So Karen Anderson, that was uh, she's been on the show many times, and people were able to write in and send pictures of their pets, which we put on our talking points page. Uh, which is something we found of, of use in the radio format uh, for visual aids, if you will. Mm. People can go to that and, and look at the different things for the different, different talking points, including pictures for different shows. And Karen's really been great over the years. It's um, um, really, really uh, unusual uh, up to that time for us. Indeed. So by 2011, we had settled into our current show pattern. And I, and I must say, I think a lot of people wanted to hear clips from shows tonight. Uh, that's not so easily done. We have all those, but they were from different stations. There, there are varying qualities, and CBS is, is pretty picky about the quality, which we agree with. Yeah. And some of them are also from non-CBS sources, which they don't 
particularly appreciate. You don't play that. That's normal in the radio world. So anyway, we're sort of reminiscing just to, out of our own little noggins tonight about this. Maybe giving you some ideas so that maybe you can go over to our uh, podcast page and pick them up yourself. That's right, behindtheparanormal.com. They're all free and well over 500 at this point. Right. So anyway, by 2011, we'd settled into our current pattern and we got to know some more great guests uh, like science fiction novelist Steve Alton. Oh, yes. You know, author of the Meg series. And, and, uh, and we very seldom would have novelists on the show. We have a few now and then. Unless they're experts in their fields, and Steve really knows marine biology, and uh, that's what made it even more fascinating. It was, yeah, and the whole idea of, of survivals of the giant megalodon, Carcharian megalodon, the giant shark right. from prehistoric times. Uh, there are stra- some pretty strange reports. Apparently, the direct prehistoric ancestor of the great white, <clears throat> which everybody's afraid of. Understandably so. It is a very terrifying creature. I would not necessarily want to shake fins with one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Steve Alton, uh, researchers and the re- journalists uh, Le- uh, Leslie Kane, uh, certainly a very distinguished person within the paranormal realm and a real journalist. Uh, also Nick Redfern, uh, who has done several shows with us on monsters and things of this kind, although Nick is a paranormal renaissance guy. He knows about everything. Uh, author and broadcaster Kevin Cook, uh, who we mentioned before, is the author of a book on Marian apparitions. Kevin also has, I think, the greatest radio voice I have ever heard. He does have a very good radio <laughs> voice. And also, uh, very, all sorts of various uh, interesting people, such as uh, the Honorable Paul Hellyer, Canada's former defense minister, and a UFO believer who appeared on the show twice that year. That's right, he was on twice, wasn't yeah. he? I think he was over 80 years old and uh, sharp as a tack. Oh, yeah. And he'd been criticized for flying, I guess it was to uh, the Manitoba or Alberta at one point to officiated the dedication, or at least attend the dedication, of a UFO landing site. <laughs> I guess the local community had, to, I don't know if it was tourism or what, but they had actually built a, a UFO landing pad, and they had, a, had sent out an invitation, I don't know by what means, radio, SETI or something. Maybe. Set, by SETI. Yes, come and invade us. But anyway, uh, so I don't know whether I think that's still there. But, uh, but we got more and more uh, into obscure but fascinating cases such as the Kentucky Wild Man incidents. I don't recall that. Yeah, this, I wish I could remember the name of the guest. I should have looked it up. But a wonderful guy, wonderful Kentucky accent. And uh, I, rem- I remember one exchange at that point in that show where where he, uh, and again, that's all in the podcast and in the past guest. He had said he had been researching this and had been out on an expedition and there had been a Bigfoot apparently coming down this hill and all the deer were terrified and were running. And then on another occasion, he'd been uh, present in a field, and, and there was a Bigfoot coming, or the Kentucky Wild Man, as it's called at the time, or Yeti, or whatever, what have you, coming uh, across a field. And the deer were grazing very calmly as this occurred. And so our question to him was, well, all right, well, why did the deer run on one occasion, and uh, why, did it not, why, why did they not run on the second occasion? He said, you know... He said, you know, you guys are good. He'd never been asked that, but he thought about it for a very long time. And we had a fascinating discussion about why that might have occurred. And it got I do remember that. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah, yes. a multiverse idea of uh, maybe these things come and go, or maybe the deer couldn't even see see the guy. You know, so who knows? Indeed. Then we had the uh, Hopkinsville Goblin attack. We did, yes. Uh, Geraldine Sutton Stith, who was a, was the, the daughter of one of the people who was involved. That case was back in, that was 52. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was before I was born. That's that's quite a while ago. Mm. So that was interesting. This was a case in Kentucky, again, Hopkinsville, 
where a rural home had been, um, uh, I suppose, I don't know if you call it attacked or investigated by some very strange looking. There were some UFOs uh, seen in that area that night. If you want to call them aliens or beings or whatever, whatever you want, they were not the usual grays though. They, apparently, they were whitish and they had pointed ears, large pointed ears. And they were able to withstand gunshots, which tells me they were not entirely in our world, maybe. And uh, they had uh, climbed up on the, the house or on the roof, terrifying everyone, of course. And so there you have the, the they're sometimes called the goblins of Hopkinsville or the Hopkinsville incidents, things of that kind. And uh, Geraldine being a secondary uh, witness, in a sense, because she was uh, the child of the family, uh, was uh, recalling that. Very, very interesting. And you know what it reminded me of? The Dover Demon. Oh, yes. Case that occurred not 20 miles from here in Dover, Massachusetts. Yep. And uh, that was in 1970, mid-70s. Lauren Coleman, the great uh, cryptozoologist, we have never been able to get on the show because he – not because he doesn't want to come on. but It's because conflicting schedules. Yes, he, he has a uniquely conflicting schedule on Sunday evenings and Monday evenings. <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to – I don't know. We're going to get him on at some point. But he, he investigated that. He was the major guy. And there were other people as well. And uh, very same – sort of physical configuration of these critters with the same kind of ears. And this, uh, it was only see, only one, though. didn't attack anybody. It was seen along roadsides and uh, around bridges. At, uh, it's probably just confused or lost. Well, that, that's the thing, you know. Or trying to hitch a ride. Well, I don't know, but not from us. But no. But <laughs> was it an alien in any classic sense? Was it a, a multiversal shift? The poor, the poor creature found itself in a world that wasn't his, and we've, we've speculated about that. From human beings who disappear and are never seen again. Yeah. Uh, so these are all things that we, uh, we get into a fascinating uh, bunch of shows that are certainly among my favorite uh, kinds of shows that we do. Uh, we had the Flatwoods Monster case. Uh, Frank Vecino we had on several times, and Stan Friedman as well on that. And uh, they've actually worked together in that case, and that was in the 1950s as well. And West Virginia, where the really st- – and fr- Frank has written a book on that, which is very interesting. And uh, tying it in with the UFO uh, – I don't know if you want to call them dogfights or uh, shoot-them-down sort of incidents that occurred in the, in the early 50s, especially 1952 and onward. And that was interesting as well. Uh, we had certainly the uh, Star Child Skull oh, yes. several times. And uh, Apparitions of the Virgin Mary, again with Kevin Cook. And uh, then in the September, uh, Ben and I finally got to England ourselves. This is in 20 – actually, it's 2012. Yeah, this is 2012. Yeah. And uh, to explore Rendlesham Forest by night and by day with none other than eyewitness uh, Larry Warren – and uh, we've gotten into that a number of times on the show, and some local listeners were there as well, including UFO researcher Brenda Butler and our 